Okay, so sesquicentennial, a big milestone coming up. Tell us about it. What's, what's happening with it? Well, uh, first of all, sesquicentennial is a uh, difficult word to pronounce. Many people <laughs> yes. have difficulties yes. with that. So our 150th anniversary, it's uh, since uh, the university was first established. And we're, we're excited about that. We really are. Uh, it's something that we want to celebrate uh, March 22nd. Uh, of 2023 is going to be uh, essentially our birthday and we have a few activities planned for that particular day um, starting at 11:30. Uh, we just want to uh, take a little bit of time a moment and reflect on, on what this institution has done over its lifetime which is 150 years uh, great successes uh, we started with being a very small institution with a few faculty members, I believe something like 57 students mm -hmm. or so, and yeah. uh, and now we have about 10,000, and and we have a staff and faculty uh, contingent of about a thousand people. So it's just really, really uh, impressive, and our programming, our academic programs, and activities that we have going on are just really. Uh, impressive. So I'm excited to be uh, the president at the time like this and uh, look yeah. forward to seeing what uh, a lot of different activities that we're going to have to uh, celebrate uh, this particular year. And this this event on March 22nd is of course open to the campus but we're opening this to the community as well to be a part of this big celebration, right? Right. I mean this uh, this is we're members of the community so we want the community to feel that that uh, they are included in, in, in our celebration. And really the meaning of, of this celebration is uh, uh, sort of resides on, on, on the impact and, and, and the meaning that we have for the community. Uh, that's where we measure our, our success. And so the celebration is going to go on for the whole year and going to culminate on a very special date. Yes, we planned it. Uh, we decided that we wanted to have a, an eclipse take place that day, so we programmed it. So April the 8th, we're going to have uh, an eclipse. Uh, happens to be one where uh, Cape Girardeau is going to be in the path of totality for, mm -hmm. for the eclipse. I think we're going to be uh, in total uh, darkness for about over four minutes or so and wow. it's going to be even more so than in 2017 when we had the, the previous uh, eclipse so we thought it would be a great event to uh, to uh, use as a final uh, celebration of, of, of the year of celebrations that we're going to have uh, uh, for the university. And so there'll be things throughout the entire year too and I guess there'll be more information about that as it comes along on the website with all the different things that are listed. So it's just a it's a big event. 150 years is something to celebrate for sure, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I think it, as I said at the beginning, I think it's important to take some time and reflect on, on what this institution has done and, and what it can do in the future. Uh, and, and talk to the students and, and, and the faculty who are here and, and, and the staff and, and, and uh, you know, reflect on, on what it means for this community, for, for the state of Missouri as in general. And, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, what this institution being here represents. And, and I, I think it's really impressive. When you look at the accomplishments that we've had in, in academics and um, you know, on, on the life of, of the community and yeah. even athletics. Uh, you know, we've been extremely successful in, in, in this last 
10 years or so and so uh, I think that all contributes to to highlight the importance that that this institution has for the for the community we well, think about it 90,000 students have graduated over these 150 years and think of all the things that those students have done and all the successful careers that have been made and all the fields they've impacted it's it's almost too much to imagine right it's a lot Yes, I, and I think that's why it's uh, it's exciting that uh, part of the celebration involves actually uh, interviewing a number of individuals who have been here for a long time and alumni and former faculty and staff, uh, with them talking a little bit about you know what it means for them to 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 celebrate this this particular milestone. Uh, it puts it puts our success in context, uh, and it highlights. Uh, uh, how powerful uh, this uh, lifetime has been for for this uh, for the community for the state of Missouri. Yes, and you've been here since 2015, and I know you always talk a lot about creating lifelong learners and people who are problem solvers, and so the graduates who leave are going into a business and able to solve a problem. That's what makes the difference, right? Yes, that's what makes a difference. That's that's where we measure our success. Are we able to uh, help uh, students, um, you know, uh, boys and girls, uh, uh, male and female, uh, go out there and really uh, make a difference in the world uh, and, and really represent uh, this region uh, with, with pride and, and uh, accomplishment uh, is, is, is what we need to always be focusing on to make sure that we are able to produce individuals that are going to contribute to the uh, to the economic development of, of not only the region, the state, the the, the 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 nation in general. Let's talk a little bit about um, part of that, that success has been programs and mm -hmm. some of the programs that are offered. Uh, the Apple Distinguished School Award. That's something that's it's a very impressive designation to have. That's that our education students are able to take part in, right? Right. Uh, we have been recognized in, in this last few years, and, and recognitions have come over, you know, decades of, uh, to the university. Right. But in the last few years, we've been recognized by being an Apple Distinguished School. We have uh, now Yamaha has also identified as a very unique institution. Uh, in in, uh, in cybersecurity, we have recognition by by uh, the, the Department of Homeland Security, the National Security Agency. Right? We have many programs where, where we have made a, a mark uh, at the national level, international level too, and that's something to be proud of, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I know you're always looking at ways the university can meet the needs of the employers, looking for programs that will meet the needs. The, the uh, pilot program comes to mind. We know there's going to be a pilot shortage, mm -hmm. maybe our started coming soon, but that's one of those areas where we looked and said, okay, we need to be here. And I guess we'll continue to do that for the next 150 years. Absolutely. It's, uh, as I say sometimes, uh, you know, we, we have to follow very often, but sometimes we have to lead. And, and I think LEAD is what we have been doing academically in, in a very meaningful way in the last uh, few years. Uh, this our program, the professional pilot program is one of them. We are about to present to the board a new program on aviation management. Uh, and, and we're looking at uh, other programs that are going to be equally interesting uh, and relevant for students these days. 
so uh, you know technology is advancing in a very very significant way uh, uh, there's uh, Thomas Friedman talks about uh, living in the age of accelerations mm. uh, so uh, you know the speed that we are moving with is actually increasing uh, and technological developments come in faster and faster and faster and so we need to ad adapt to them and we need to figure out as a society how we handle those new technologies uh, you know social media is an example of of a technology that now is uh, we have to as a society react to it and how do we handle and how do we manage that mm -hmm. uh, so all, all in all uh, what we need to continue to be is innovative uh, we need to develop programs in the university that uh, are actually of interest and that are addressing the needs uh, and the expectations of, of our students and the community around us. Is it hard to get it? Is it hard to know where to be in two years, three years? I mean, how do you sort of look ahead? Do you talk to other institutions? Do you, how do you sort of find that, that place? We look at uh, what's happening in the world. We continue to look at the news. We uh, look at uh, what the business uh, sector is doing, what the industrial sector is doing, and really we sit down in the academic side of the house. They sit down and they figure out where are we going and what does it make sense for us to do. I again, thinking that we need to be innovative, not just follow what somebody else has done, yeah. but what is it that we can do how how can we integrate? How can we look at the intersection of different disciplines and and try to think of what is going to come out of it and and, and put together programs that are going to be preparing people to deal with those new uh, interdisciplinary uh, uh, mm -hmm. sort of disciplines that are coming out. Has it changed a lot in your years in higher education? Did it used to be that there was always just sort of the standard boilerplate things that always happened and you really can't do it the way you always used to do it because of how technology is advancing and changing so quick? Has it changed the, the, the mix? I think it has. I think, uh, uh, I mean, when you think about the fact that one of the very prominent fields of study these days is cybersecurity. Is, uh, it just lets you see that you know, 40, 50 years ago, that was not something that you worried much about. These days, you, you, you know, uh, industries, businesses, nations uh, are attacked in ways that are almost invisible. Uh, you can only uh, realize that by electronic means. And so, how do you prepare yourself? How do you put in place business processes? that allow you to continue to operate and be successful uh, in, in an environment that is actually very different now from, from the one that uh, our ancestors were exposed to. A lot of change. A lot of change is going on and, and we need to not only be reactive, but we need to be proactive. Mm -hmm. That's when I talk about being innovative as an institution. So our students, uh, are we need to prepare students who understand the value of uh, creating uh, new uh, ideas, creating new jobs. Uh, as I tell students, you know, you need to create your own job. Uh, don't just rely on somebody telling you this is what you're hired to do. You need to think about how you can improve. Always think about changing or improving what you're exposed to. That's what I think is important. And that is uh, a habit that we as an institution need to help students develop. 
So when you're looking ahead to see what programs do we need to be offering in two, three, four years, what if we look ahead and get this all planned, then it doesn't work out or that field just doesn't pan out like we thought, what happens then? Okay, so let, let, your question sort of makes me think of uh, a conversation that I had with the owner of a company uh, a few years ago, a plastics company. And he said to me one time, Carlos, sometimes I call the university, not southeast, of course, I call the university with a question and they form a committee. And I said, what do you mean? He says, yeah, they, they, don't, they just always want to have a committee because they feel that they have to do a very thorough analysis of every problem and they want to analyze it from every single angle and in so doing, sometimes they just don't have time to give me an answer. He says, in my company, when we are trying to decide what to do in the future, we get in a room with a few people, we have, we look at the information we have, and most of the times it's incomplete, right? But we look at the information we have and we make a decision and we say, this is the direction we need to go in. We come out of the room and we implement it. If it doesn't work, we go back into the room and we change it. And so I thought that's very interesting. Sometimes we uh, take too long to make a decision because we want to get it right. And there is the other side of that is that sometimes by doing that, you never really get to the point of making a decision. So what you need to do oftentimes is get in a room, make a decision, get in you know, with some people, and then come out and implement it. And if it doesn't work, you change it. You adapt it, you, you refine it, you improve it, but it, we need to not just be uh, uh, sort of held uh, without movement because we are doing too much uh, assessment of what direction should we go in. So that's really what I think is the way to go. We need to uh, look at, uh, we need to rely and trust our intuition that's why we need to educate ourselves. We need to have uh, education. We need to learn before we actually go out there and, 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 and change things. But once we do that, we need to rely on that information and that knowledge we have and mm -hmm. then make a decision. Predict what's going to happen, implement it, and if it doesn't work, then you, you change it. But don't, don't we all have this fear of making a mistake? Absolutely. And is that, does that hinder progress? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think it does. That's why we spend so much time sometimes analyzing a problem over and over and over because we're almost like afraid of making the wrong decision. Right. You just can't do that. Uh, so uh, th th we, need to, we need to move forward. And, and that fear, I think, is a real fear. I think it's in everybody's uh, mind, everybody. We all feel that way. And, and, and I... You know, I, I talk about the fear of failure, uh, and it happens yeah. in organizations. It, it, there's such thing as uh, a CEO creating a fear of failure, and when you create a fear of failure in an organization, people don't become innovative because they're afraid of what can happen to them, to the job, if they make a mistake. It's just, if you know, you, you cannot do that. So. There's actually, in the literature, uh, in organizational liter literature, they talk about CEO sometimes creating this fear of failure that makes the organization not move in an agile manner. 
and 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 so that's something we need to always be mindful of and i personally try to avoid uh, creating uh, fear of failure in, in with the people that work with me is try some things and if it, they don't work we just change it right and adapt yes so let's talk about this the university itself there's so many things we talk about pride and all the things that have been done um, think about the river campus that comes to mind as we think about the sesquicentennial there used to be a river campus that was one of those things that the region needed and now we have it. It's just one of the many examples, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, and, and we need to continue to do that. One of the things that we have been uh, placing a lot of uh, effort into uh, interest in recently is developing partnerships. I think it's becoming increasingly clear that the institution needs to connect with the community. And so we have, uh, in, here in, in Cape, we have a number of partnerships that are very successful and they've been, many of them have been in place for a long time. And we continue to, to, to come up with new, with new partnerships. Most recently we have uh, our students uh, taking classes in the event center uh, that is adjacent to the casino. Uh, mm -hmm. They have a beautiful commercial kitchen and our students are going there and I think we're offering four classes this semester in there, and, and they're benefiting from having the opportunity to work in a place like that. And so when they come out, when they graduate, they uh, they're actually go out there and, and, and can take that learning that they did and their experience that they did and apply it in, in, in the job. Uh, so we always have to be figuring out a way to connect with the business sector, with the industrial sector, and the nonprofit sector, with every entity out there where we see our students benefiting from being exposed to it, so that it's not just a classroom experience. We need to have experiential learning opportunities for our students, and so that should always be part of it. We should not just rely on the classroom uh, learning uh, to, to produce our graduates. This makes me think of something else that we both attended. It was a Cape Chamber event where they talked about a quality of life in southeast Missouri in the Cape Girardeau area because the, the big discussion was keeping graduates here involved in the community, involved in these jobs. And I know that's something you keyed in on so that students that graduate stay here, take these talents and all these things they've learned, and it stays here in southeast Missouri. Yes, and, and you know, there is a, the other side of that is that students uh, at that age when they graduate, they'd say traditional student, they, they're excited about seeing the world. They're excited about seeing different uh, places and, and being in different locations. And so I, I don't think that our effort should be to prevent that from happening. I think what we need to do is make sure that these uh, students, when they graduate, they f when they leave, they feel that they would like to come back, mm -hmm. to leave in them this desire that, hey, that's that's a nice place for me to to maybe eventually go back to. I mean, mm -hmm. this region, Southeast Missouri, I think is wonderful for for families. I think there are plenty of opportunities in a very safe environment to to yeah. come back here to. And so we should just make sure that the students know that there's an opportunity to come back. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, at the same time, we need to continue to be attractive to industries and businesses so that mm -hmm. they locate themselves here which are the ones that are going to be offering the jobs. You know, it's difficult to keep somebody right. here if you don't have the, the jobs, jobs available. 
so it's it's a little bit of a yeah kind of size there yeah yes right um, let's talk a little about this grow your own teacher I know that's something that uh, we talked to jo Dean Joe Pujols about this hmm. that we're trying to keep these teachers here in some of these area schools and where they have them they're growing their own um, and other help the districts right. because as you said southeast Missouri and of course this is a large service area that the university serves that's another way we're here in this region trying to help things grow Sure, that's an example of jobs that are here, available here. Now, what we have observed is that to hire, uh, say, a teacher from a location that is outside of this region, mm -hmm. sometimes is difficult because they're not, they didn't grow up here, they're not comfortable with this environment, and so they come here, they spend maybe a few years here, but then they're not quite comfortable because they're missing something perhaps from where they grew up. So that's why I think it's important to, to uh, help grow your own teachers, meaning taking people who grew up here, who are comfortable in this environment, and then help them develop the expertise mm -hmm. that allows them to get these jobs. I think that's the best case uh, scenario. So we got about four minutes, so in these last few minutes, all the success, 150 years, what's next? 150 years more. <laughs> so we, we're gonna continue to be uh, innovative. We need to uh, redouble our efforts to make sure that we continue to be relevant for, for this region for, for in general, uh, to offer our students access to opportunities uh, that they don't have to go very far away from here to, to get to, I mean, we have international students at the university that come from thousands and thousands of miles away. Mm -hmm. So I sometimes say to people locally, not because we are close are we any less valuable uh, and less interesting than other institutions. So there are many uh, students who come here from very far away because of what we bring to the table, because of the opportunities that are here. So uh, I think what, what's important is to continue to uh, provide our students here with experiences that really prepare them to be competitive and to go out in, whether it's uh, in a job, whether it's establishing their own business, which is increasingly very critical, very yeah. important, or continuing with advanced education in some other location, uh, I think we need to prepare them to be competitive and successful in, in their personal and, pro and professional lives. And continue with hands-on, real-world experience. So the, the pilot program, one of the things that amazes me about that is the students get up in the air the first semester, I think I understand. Mm -hmm. So it's not one of those things where you have to read about it and you know for a semester or two before you get to fly it's a pretty quick <laughs> transition yeah that's one of the criticisms sometimes that uh, universities have which is you know students feel like they get to the first year or so and they take uh, many general education right. courses and all that and but they're really interested in say accounting or or chemistry or so and and it takes a long time before they get there so those are things that are uh, learning experiences for us as an institution. How do we keep the students engaged once they get here to make them feel that they're, that they're advancing in, in their knowledge of the fields that they are interested in? At the same time, general education is a very important uh, sort of curriculum because it gives the students that it allows their education to be rounded. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so that it's not just a single discipline that become experts at, but it's really a, a, a rounded education that allows them to interact with others, to communicate, to be able to interact with other individuals, to work in teams. Uh, all those are skills that are required in the business world, and, 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 and so we cannot ignore that. Uh, you, you need to make sure that you provide the students with experience and expertise in a discipline, but they need to be able to uh, live in an environment where uh, they need to show others uh, their value in more than one way. Okay, we got one minute. So in 60 seconds, with the sesquicentennial, the 150th, with all the celebrations and all the things that are going to happen, what do you th want people to come away understanding better than they may right now about the university? I would like to see uh, people increasingly understand the value that the university has for this region. Uh, sometimes you take things for granted. And, and I, I'm hoping that by uh, with this celebration of this 150th year, uh, that people will, will, again, I use the word reflect on, yeah. on, 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 on what this university represents for this community. And sometimes you can do that by looking at what would this community be like if the university wasn't here. And I think that you start realizing then uh, that you would be missing quite a bit. Quite a bit. So. Dr. Vargas, it's been good to talk with you. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Annie. It's good to see you again here. <laughs>